Welcome to another episode of Strategize to Succeed. Selectively applying the strategies which we discuss each week will help you as you progress from conditions to opportunities to successes. Today we're going to look at an aspect of learning, associations. These have nothing to do with LinkedIn or gatherings of people, but perhaps surprisingly, they do have a connection with children's stories. Recently, I've read a comment made several years ago by R. N. White, then director of the Oxford Learning Centers in Canada. The comment dealt with developing the skill of concentration. White noted that prior to the last few decades, children's books were not crafted for children the way they are today. Those children's books were dotted with only occasional illustrations, and more significantly, the language used was not directed towards a child's academic grade level. Instead, the books were written in what White termed, quote, natural language, close quote. The effect of using natural language was that the child reading was required to make more of an effort to understand what was written. This type of book construction necessitated that the child apply certain skills. The language used demanded a level of concentration on the child's part. They had to figure out what the words meant, how to pronounce them, and how to use them. So besides an occasional dictionary trip, the child had to figure out the meaning of the word through the context in which it appeared. And context is revealed by associations of words with other words. Consider this. You might read the words fluffy kitty together but it is unlikely that you will encounter the word combination fluffy porcupine. So by thinking about the context and the association in our example, it is probable that you could deduce the meaning of the word fluffy. Today, books for children are usually comprised of an abundance of elaborate artwork which may be visually stimulating and appealing. However, you can literally count the number of words on a page with just one hand. And the few words that are used are carefully predetermined to be age appropriate to the target audience's estimated academic level. The result is that the child experiences a brief but entertaining interlude. Essentially, it is the same as giving the child a dose of sugar. The child gets a quick reward and then it's over. What the child does not get in these books is the opportunity to use their brains to increase their thinking and their language skills. So what does this evaluation of children's books have to do with you and me? Well, 
it is very possible that as young children, we did not experience on a regular basis the types of activities which would lead us to lifelong learning and concentration in the most efficient way possible. You may ask, does that make a difference? As you are aware, we are inundated with new information on a daily basis. And whether we are managing a business or managing a household, we need to filter and process this information so that we can apply it for the benefit of our situations, current and future. But as you should know by now, your mentor does not deal in hopeless. Each of us can make adjustments to facilitate the effectiveness of our learning and thinking. There is an interesting theory posited by Jim Quick, who is a noted brain performance coach. According to Quick, sometimes the impediment to learning is the fact that we are trying to connect unknown information onto other unknown information with no foundation or basis upon which to anchor the new information. Quick's premise is that all new information must have a link or point of association with information that we have already learned in order to absorb and retain the new information through its connection. In order to fully learn, Quick emphasizes that there needs to be a synthesis of mindset, method, and motivation. To fulfill the mindset component, Quick advocates assessing the new information by answering the following questions. First, how can I use this information? Second, why do I need to use this information? And third, when will I use this information? I must say, I don't know about you, but when I think about passing information which I'm learning through these criteria, in some instances, the answers to these three questions have a chilling effect on my pursuing further an area of learning. What I don't yet know is whether Quick intended these filtering mindset criteria to reduce an overexposure to random information, which may not serve any anticipated purpose in one's life, and perhaps just be interesting. Combined with the mindset component, Quick adds the action-based motivation element. This he breaks down into his formula of P times E times S3. Quick explains his formula's elements as follows. Purpose is, quote, a passion for entrepreneurs. It's what lights you up, and I think purpose is how you use that passion to light up other people. Close quote. Energy is the second component. It's about managing your energy like you manage your time so that you have enough of it when you need it. The S3 element represents small incremental steps. As Quick explains it, 
So ask, what is the tiniest action I can take right now that will give me progress toward this goal? The permeating philosophy in Quick's writing, he states as, quote, this is not about being perfect. This is about advancing and progressing beyond what we believe is possible, close quote. Once you've learned something, connecting it to a piece of knowledge which you already have helps you retain the information. But there are a couple of other ways to further enhance your memory. Organizational psychologist Adam Grant recommends a three-step process to improve your recollection of information. The first step eliminates the rereading and highlighting, which we are so accustomed to doing. Instead, Grant maintains that our effort should go into quizzing ourselves. And guess what? If we quiz ourselves and get the answer wrong, so much the better, because then there's an even greater likelihood of remembering the correct answer by recognizing that we initially responded incorrectly. The second step which Grant advocates is to act as if we are going to teach the material to someone else. According to Grant, the strength of this approach is to stimulate preparation. In the research which he cites, quote, when teachers prepare to teach, they tend to seek out key points and organize information into a coherent structure, close quote. The final step suggested by Grant's process seems to run parallel to Quick's theories. Grant urges associative learning, quote, the process of relating something new to something you already know by learning the relationship between seemingly unrelated things, close quote. The benefit of this practice is that it enables the learner to focus their effort on the distinctions between the new and the existing knowledge with an emphasis on the context to amplify the associative elements. There are also a few rather generic tips found in popular literature offered to enhance productive learning. However, they seem to be based more on human nature rather than on a strategic approach to the science of learning. Although this may seem counterintuitive, don't try to learn or think when under pressure. The objective is to do any serious information gathering when calm and have maximum receptivity. When under pressure, rely on your skills, and what you already know. Rely on your instincts. Also, don't assume that the filters applied by your brain will give you the correct answers. The brain tries to confirm what it already believes, so it may not be receptive to new information and therefore lead you to an incorrect conclusion. When connecting and associating new knowledge to your pre-existing knowledge, make certain that the knowledge you already have 
is not based on memories. Recent research has concluded that memories are susceptible to alteration in the mind, particularly when being recalled. As a result, they can be unreliable connectors. Contrary to your memories, appreciate your daydreams. Besides serving as a catalyst for creativity, which we discussed to some extent in episode three several weeks ago, daydreaming is a way in which the brain is working hard to foster new associations, and these, in effect, expand your ability to learn. Ultimately, according to Jim Quick, it is for us to recognize that productive learning does not occur by happenstance. Its purpose is to expand our understanding and creative approach to problem solving without limiting boundaries. Thank you for sharing your time today. Remember your application of strategic decision-making approaches can result in more beneficial outcomes for you, both professionally and personally. Why not turn that process into your opportunity?